Sweet. Welcome to episode nine of that Dynasty podcast. I'm the co-host Isaiah, and then uh, we have our actual host Matthew over here. Uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit this week with uh, Matthew having to go on the, I- the IR real quick for a sore throat. Um, but thankfully, he's joining us for the show. And uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, man, super excited to talk about this week. My throat's not feeling the greatest, but hey, listen, if Tom Brady can still play football at 45 and with a broken heart, I think I can record this podcast tonight. Yeah, I know you're not feeling the greatest now, but uh, just wait till we get to your predictions from last week and we'll see how you're feeling after that. But uh, as always, guys, super excited to talk about the past week. And of course, uh, looking ahead to uh, week nine coming up. Uh, Before we get into everything, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and TikTok at that Dynasty Pod. Um, we also put up full videos up our YouTube channel, so please check that out. And we also have Spotify and Apple Podcast as well. And the link for those are all in the description below in the show notes. Um, sweet. Let's get started. Um, so this episode, we got a few quick league updates. And uh, with that, we have some monster trades to go over, including uh, Matthew and I making a trade. Cool. Um, we're going to talk about this week's. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, Talk about this week's bops and flops, go over last week's matchup results and make predictions for this coming week. And then obviously our MVP segment um, right before our updated power rankings. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's, let's do it, man. Um, yeah. First thing we got, a, we got a quick name change. Andy went from Justin Fields does yoga to Russell does high knees. Unlimited. Um, unlimited. Um, did you see uh, Justin Tucker's uh, video on the plane? Oh, of course, where he said, you know, Ravens country, let's fly. Yeah, that was great. I like how uh, at the end he was like, oh, great player, though. Great player. No, love, love the guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he didn't want the uh, – <laughs> he didn't want freezing cold takes to come from him. Uh, we had a uh, couple of ads and drops. Uh, Saquon, these nuts, picked up Sam Ellinger for 224 fab. Um, outbidding four other managers, including Matthew. How much did uh, how much did you throw down, Matt? I think I put down one fifty, and I was like, ah, don't really need him that badly, but he's my breakout guy, so you know, got to make it look like I'm trying. Yeah, that's fair. Um, blown out of street meat picked up Marquise Goodwin and Andy Dalton, the Red Rock himself, and uh, trucking up bad luck picked up uh, Tanner Hudson, tight end for the Giants. <sighs> you ready, dude? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, number one trade of the week. Shark it up to bad luck and yours truly, Chris Rock's jaw. So I traded Austin Eckler in a 2023rd second-round pick for Kyle Pitts and Brian Robinson. You want to start us off, Matt, with your uh, commentary on it? We traded Kyle Pitts. Let's go. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. We pulled the trigger on this trade immediately following the podcast. It felt like. Uh, last week and I couldn't believe that we had we came to a trade agreement so quickly Um, I know that you were the one that initially offered the trade so what were you thinking when you started those trade talks man yeah uh, as we talked about in the last podcast or podcast previously I know Kyle Pitts has had a pretty crappy year um, up until this week Um, but uh, yeah I was just trying to do (laughs) I was trying to do a little, uh, you know, buy low on him and sell high on Eckler. Um, so Eckler has been the probably the best player of fantasy this year. Um, 
but I think Kyle Pitts in this league um, is probably – I think he's the most um, – like value-wise, he's worth the most. Um, yeah, love the long-term value Pitts. Um, you factor in his age, his position, what type of league we're in, it made a lot of sense for me. Uh, I know he's had a rather down year, um, but his potential is insane. I mean, he had like the best rookie tight end um, year of all time last year. Um, Brian Robinson, that was like a filler for me. Like, it's pretty similar to a second round draft pick value wise. Maybe you did a little bit better for yourself than Brian Robinson, but I thought, I think um, Kyle Pitts is worth a little bit more than Eckler. Um, and yeah, so Roto Trade had me getting a value of 72 and Matthew getting around 62. Um, but Fantasy Pros had Brian Robinson's value at 24, Austin Eckler at 60, Pitts at 60 in a mid second, somewhere in the mid 20s. So it was pretty much a wash with them. So regardless, it's a fair trade for both of us. Um, I think we're – it was just – the trade made sense for me, the trade made sense for you. You're obviously trying to go for it all this year, and I don't like my tight end scenario, and I'm not super high on running backs after they hit a certain age, and it made, made sense for both of us. So you're telling me you don't have a great history with trades and tight ends this year so far? <sighs> so oh. – How's that was, working I, out for you? I was prior military, so you're kind of giving me some PTSD triggers right now. So, you know, I, I'd well, appreciate uh, if you didn't bring that up. Uh, you know, I just was looking out for you, you know, trying to protect you from getting your heart broken again. That's why I said, you know, if we're going to make a trade for a tight end, might as well be the best, right? It's true. And, might uh, as well be. You know, I'll tell you what I told Terrell in, um, in our DMs after actually making the next trade that we're going to talk about because I had a busy week. Um, but I was getting screwed pretty much every week. I couldn't keep up with Darius, with Saquon D's nuts. Um, they are the heavy hitters, right? So I hated playing Russian roulette with all these running back twos that I had. Just trying to figure out which one to start on a weekly basis was just getting exhausting. Um, and I would always start the wrong one every single time. I have Aaron Jones and then my RB2 was like all these guys that could fill in and it's just like oh playing matchups or you know betting on one of them to go off and it's just a pain in the neck and if i get it wrong i'm gonna lose every single week um if i get it right you know i can i can just barely keep up so in this trade as soon as i saw you know a stud like eckler coming through um i knew that was going to solve my problem so i know for sure i'm starting him every single week while I hate giving up a dynamite asset in pits for my success to be complete this season, I need Eckler more than I need pits. Heck, I haven't even been starting pits every single week. If he, like, even this week, I was going to start Gerald Everett over him now that Everett was off the bye week. So, like, I'm at the point in my season where I definitely think that Eckler is going to help me succeed now. And for you, you know, you, if it helps you with your tight end position and gives you a just an absolute, you know, value and an asset. And I think you're right. Like I value Pitts higher than Eckler, but I, and I hire, you know, maybe value Robinson a little bit higher than a second round pick, but it's very even. It's very yeah. close. Um, and so it helps me with what I'm trying to do this year. And then it helps you long-term. So I love the, I love the trade. Yeah. The whole, that whole value thing is like, yeah, that's cool. You know, value is a little bit less, a little bit more, but really at the end of the day, you know, like if obviously you know, your window or not your window, but you, you want to win this year, right? And obviously, Eckler gives you a better chance for me. I still have my first round pick 
uh, not mine. I'm sorry. I have a first round pick for 2023, and now I get Kyle Pitts. To, I, I like my team, but I also know the chances of me winning are not super high. Uh, so I'm cool getting a you know better value asset long term and giving up the guy that would help me this year. You know, I don't think I'd win with Eckler, but um, yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, number two. Yeah. So. So number two, the second trade that I pulled off this week was shortly after the first one. And um, I think that it was kind of funny. We put our trade in there and we posted it up in the chat and then like nobody reacted to it. It was like the most like under the radar, like blockbuster. Nobody had a problem with it. Nobody really did anything. And um, I think it was because we did it right before waivers ran or like right after waivers had run. So like everyone kind of missed that. Um, but I thought it was a pretty big trade. Uh, to have made and then um, I think it was Terrell put his like you know two cents in the chat and said hey I'm I'm selling so what I had in my mind is I was actually throwing out some offers to people who currently didn't have maybe the best records and had some aging players aging running back specifically because I said listen what's what what maybe if I can turn some of these guys into that I already have some more of these running back twos into a, a better running back one. It's going to help me out in the end in this season. Um, so I sent out a couple of offers like for Joe Mixon um, and Derek Henry. Um, and I was just like, you know, these are a couple of guys I think I could get my hands on. And um, so that being said, I had just recently picked up a 2023 uh, second round pick. So I was like, maybe I could combine that second round pick with one of my other running back twos and try to upgrade. So that's what started the conversation uh, with Terrell. And I kind of, you know, sent over some offers and he sent back that he was, you know, definitely thinking about moving off of Henry for the right price. And I said, well, you know, if, if what you're looking for is DJ Moore, then what I would need in return would be, you know, Tom Brady as well. Um, and I was looking at that as, you know, he, he ridiculously over overdrafted Tom Brady and it was a terrible pick. We talked about this previously. Um, but like for me, uh, my quarterback situation is horrible right now. I got Brady, I have Carr, and I have Stafford. I needed reinforcements there. And if I give up a little bit too much to secure another every single week start at running back, I'm giving up a great dynasty asset in DJ Moore. Um, giving up, you know, a mid-range running back to Miles Sanders, but I'm getting an absolute stud that's going to help me win this year. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. What was your take on that trade? Yeah, man, dude. I think um, this trade makes a lot more sense after, you know, talking about our trade, our trade previously. Um, you upgrade your running back room with Eckler and Derrick Henry, bro. That's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, value-wise, like, whatever. DJ Moore, yeah, fantastic guy to have. Miles Sanders, I'm not super high on. Tom Brady's got, what, one, two years left in the league, and, you know, he's not performing like a high-end QB one anyways. Um, no, it makes sense for both of you guys. You're, you're going for it this year. Eckler and Henry's fantastic. Um, Terrell, Obviously, his team is not the greatest, but, you know, he, he took two older guys um, and Brady, and we, we both know the shelf life for most uh, running backs. Um, and then, you know, you got Miles Sanders, whatever. Maybe it'll be good for a couple more years. But DJ Moore, um, depending on what Carolina does in the draft next year, or 
how Matt Corral looks is pretty valuable asset moving forward. And I love a trade for both of you guys. It's a win-win. Yep, for sure. Um, our third trade of the week was between um, me and Team Satan Power. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I traded a 2023rd third for uh, Marcus Mariota so I could make sure that Andy didn't have a single win on the year. Um, and uh, it worked out well for me. Um, obviously, I didn't like giving him a third for Marcus Mariota, but you, know, you got to do what you got to do to keep yourself in the playoff hunt. Um, so Satan Power threw it on the chat. It was like, hey, um, you know, I'm going to throw a third in for – a crap QB to throw in for a week. And I was like, dude, I got you. Um, would you like, would you like Marcus Mariota? Um, so yeah, it was, it was simple, dude. I, I, I like it for me. I like it for him. Whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's a little underwhelming compared to the last two trades that we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it is, dude. Hey, don't, don't forget. They gave you that extra, uh, that extra fab there too. We did. Yeah, it's 200 bucks in this, uh, this economy with the recession around the corner, bro. I got I to gotta take where I can get it. That's right. Um, yeah, dude. And then last, last trade of the week, back to some, uh, some heavy hitters. We got uh, Skull Squad and the Love Boat incident making a trade. Um, we had a 23rd first from Topa Domo um, for Ramondre Stevenson and a 2023rd third from the love boat incident. Um, do you want to give your thoughts on it first, Matt? Yeah. Um, so I think that Trevor absolutely robbed the love boat incident who we have now learned his name is Mike. Um, so sorry, Mike, but uh, somebody call nine one one cause Trevor's robbing you out here. Um, Stevenson has been a top five uh, running back for the last six weeks. Top five. Yes. You heard me correctly. And his situation is only going to stay the same or get better as Harris's contract is up next year. Um, the first that was given up in this trade should be an earlier first, but still like what I'm thinking about, this is such a great move for Trevor because he's picking up a stud running back. He's still extremely young. It's only his second year in the league and he's giving up, you know, maybe top three, top four pick next year. If that, things don't go well for Terrell, um, and like, I don't know, I'm just thinking from Mike's perspective, like Mike's probably trying to rebuild and capitalize on Ramondre having a good season, but I don't, yeah. I don't know that that really makes sense to me because if I'm trying to rebuild, I want a young stud running back. I don't want to give up a pick for that. He, he even gave up a third round pick too. So I don't know. It just didn't really make sense for me. I love it for Trevor. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think Trevor did really well for himself. Um, Stevenson is a stud. Um, you know, it's very touched on Harris leaving. Um, he's only 24. Um, I think what really puts him, uh, you know, over the top as a running back is like, yeah, he's elusive on the ground. He's fantastic, but he is really being used as a, a pass catching back in New England. And we've seen how well just pass catching backs do in New England. So imagine, you know, James White, but, you know, combined with, you know, Damian Harris or LeGarrette Blunt during his prime season. Like you're talking about easily an RB1 with a pretty high floor just based on the amount of reception he's getting per game. Um, you know, I, I guess for Love Boat, he, he got a first-round pick. Um, and Topo Domo does seem to be selling and move for the, for, for the future. So maybe that is a, you know, top three pick, top four, um, and a pretty stacked class this year with, you know, C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, um, Bajan Robinson, 
Um, so maybe that's where his emphasis at. And, um, you know, I think one can make the case that New England typically doesn't have a one running back um, type of fantasy value. There's always another guy thrown in there. So maybe next year, Ramondre's got someone else in there taking some touches. But uh, I think Trevor really did, did really well for himself. I was actually really interested in the trade. I just didn't want to give up a first this year. I just I, I really want to have a really want to have a, a pick in this draft. Um, but I liked it for Trevor. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Pats fan. I think it is a good pickup regardless. Yeah, good. But uh, all right, guys, that's enough of the trades. Let's uh, let's dive into some flops and bops for uh, week eight of the season. Um, so I'll start with the flops. Number three, I got Tyler Higby. Um, I started Higby in like three of my uh, redress leagues this week, so I'm kind of uh, a little salty, but Man, he had such a great start to the season. He put up 11 points in each of his first five games. Um, but, man, it's been a disappointing last three weeks for him. Uh, he went for a whole two receptions, 15 yards, with six targets thrown his way. Um, and then kind of the, the last straw, he dropped a pretty easy touchdown grab that had me screaming at the TV. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Higby's role looks like, too, with Van Jefferson coming back. Um, and A-Rob's slowly looking more and more like he's going to use the offense. But, uh, yeah, it was a rough week for Higby. Um, number two, the infamous Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has to be on this list. Um, I don't know what he did to get on Zach Wilson's bad side. If, you know, maybe his mom was a little rude to Zach when he was, you know, shooting a shot or something. But it's been a couple of awful weeks for him um, between his interviews and tweets. It's just not looking like a guy who has a whole lot of future with the Jets. Um, he had one target, zero receptions, and a very pass-heavy game um, against the Pats. Not a good look. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean – He only played 12 snaps. Yeah, and that was a game in which uh, Corey Davis was out, right? Yep. Yep, yeah, I think it was yeah. uh, Denzel Mims they, was, they were rolling out there in front of him. Yeah, they had Denzel Mims and Berrios out there. It's like, dude, you just invested, you know, a second round draft pick last year with this guy. You're not going to use him. And I thought he looked pretty good some points last year, too. I don't, I don't understand. He looked really good. I don't know why they didn't just trade him, though. Like, if he's so unhappy, why they, like, I, I understand they probably don't want to sell him for pennies on the dollar, but like, they're not even using him. So they're basically getting pennies on the dollar. So I, I don't, I just don't understand why they didn't trade him. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Um, Number one, I got the unanimous number one pick in both redraft and dynasty leagues this year, and that is Jonathan Taylor. Um, it's been a pretty rather disappointing year from thus far. You know, he had 76 rushing yards, 16 attempts. You know, like, that's fine. Um, he had a lost fumble, though. Um, zero catches, you know, zero receptions, zero yards to the air, zero touchdowns. And, dude, he had a week eight total of 4.6 fantasy points. Um it's really tough production from the, you know, the number one pick. And, you know, I get the indie offense is pretty bad, but um, that's, that's not a good look. We'll see what happens the rest of the year with him and Indy and Elger. But um, I will say I did write my notes before the, um, the Heinz trade went down. So maybe they'll use it more at the goal line, maybe more passing opportunities, I imagine. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. They also just fired their offensive uh, coordinator today. Yeah, that's right. So they they understand it's not working, um, 
and with Sim Sam Ellinger, like that was his first game ever. Um, and I think if they can unlock him a little bit more in the running game, that's going to free up Taylor to have a, you know, really good opportunity because they're not always going to just be able to stack the box for Taylor. They're going to have to stack and watch for, you know, designed runs from Ellinger. So I think it might open them up a little bit more with a new offensive coordinator who's working specifically to, to help them out. But I agree, like up to this point, it's been a huge bust. I might want to stash, um, was it Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, someone Jackson. I forget his first name. Jackson, let me see. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, Deshaun Jackson's a wide receiver. It's Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson, yep. Yeah, I might want to stash. Yeah, he, won a, he won me a uh, redraft a couple weeks ago. I uh, it was a week JT was out after a minute. He made like thirty something points. Points yeah. and everyone in the chat was pissed at me. So. No, he was he was fantastic that week. Um, well, I'll talk about the uh, people who were fantastic this week, uh, and we'll start at number three. We have AJ Brown, wide receiver for the Eagles, thirty nine point six points. AJ was targeted eleven times. He actually only brought in six receptions, but still turned that into one hundred and fifty six yards and three touchdowns. In fact, I think he almost had four touchdowns, but he dropped one of these passes. He was like wide open, about to bust a fourth touchdown run and uh, and dropped it. But, you know, we talked about this when he was in Tennessee for a long time. Like, oh, man, if only he got more volume, he would be a monster. And it just goes to show you that when an offense is willing to throw the ball, his star power really does shine through. He was getting 26 yards per catch this week, and um, he's wide receiver seven on a per game basis this year so far just uh monster numbers for aj brown yeah he's been a beast coming in number two this week is actually the number one point score on the week and that is alvin camara running back for the saints so camara um hadn't scored a touchdown up to this point in the season and he made up for it this week he put 42.8 points on the board he uh, had 18 rush attempts for 62 yards and a touchdown. He was also targeted 10 times, brought in nine of those targets for 96 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Dude, I was getting flashbacks to Christmas Day two years ago when uh, Kamara had his six-touchdown game, and he was just absolutely unstoppable. But he was getting fed over and over again this week, and it was a huge reason why the Saints were able to blow out the Raiders. Now, Mark Ingram actually suffered an MCL sprain in the game, and the Saints didn't make any moves before the trade deadline, so I can only imagine that Kamara's massive workload is going to continue, especially with MT, uh, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry still dealing with injuries. The opportunities are going to be there for Kamara to feast. And yeah, I uh, see him finally getting the board. Oh, yeah, and, and we knew that touchdown regression was coming. And they are seeing it's leading to success in the offense. So um, super excited to see the rest of the season for Camara. And my number one bop of the week is actually Christian McCaffrey running back for the 49ers. Weird to say that out loud. I don't know if we've talked about it since the last trade deadline, because I'm pretty sure that trade broke after we recorded the podcast last week. Um, if it didn't, it was shortly before. Um, huge trade and a huge week for McCaffrey. The reason why he's here, we'll talk about in a second at number one, even though he didn't score the most points on the week, he still put up 39.26 points. He had 94 yards on the ground, 18 attempts and one 
rushing touchdown. He was also targeted nine times, which resulted in eight receptions, 55 yards, and a uh, receiving touchdown. And he also added a 30-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk in the game. So uh, he got the hat trick right there. And um, in case you didn't know this, the last person to throw, rush, and catch a touchdown in the same game was Ladanian Tomlinson in 2005. And only two other players in history have accomplished it before him, which was uh, David Patton in 2001 and Walter Payton in 1979. So I wanted to put him up there for just accomplishing such a rare feat. Um, it's also refreshing to see CMC's usage in this offense. And, uh, you know, he saw an 81% um, snap percentage. And I think they just traded Jeff Wilson today. Who did they trade Jeff Wilson to? I can't remember. The Dolphins for a fifth. Yeah. So they traded away Jeff Wilson. Um, Jeff Wilson is going to see very similar usage over in Miami, I'm sure, because um, Mike McDaniels is going to be running that same sort of offensive scheme that he comes from with the Kyle Shanahan system. So it makes sense that they would trade, but I'm very encouraged to see the long-term outlook of Christian McCaffrey, as well as the rest of the season for him now. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up about Jeff Wilson. Um, the top two running backs on Miami squad were both 49ers running backs last year with, uh, Mozart and Wilson. They, they shipped out, uh, Edmonds today. So, those will be the two guys they're rocking with. Um, but yeah, dude, let's, uh, you want to uh, review uh, last week's predictions real quick? Let's go over it, man. Let's talk about it. Sweet. So the first matchup from last week we'll touch on is uh, the underrated Chris Rock's jaw, who went up against Scold Squad, our very own commissioner. Um, no, we both picked Darius. Scold School. Thank you for the correction. Scold School. Scold School, Scold School. All right. Not old school, school, old school. Um, we both picked Darius last week to win, and um, we were both wrong. I dropped 160 to his 105. Um, I'm not going to say I can read the future, but uh, I knew Kyle Pitts was going to have a great week, and I was right. D-Hop was balling. Um, Evan Ingram, he had a great game. Um, Dak Prescott had a really good game. Um, man, it's not like he really necessarily had a bad week, per se, but a couple of guys, Daryl Dar- uh, Henderson didn't do much. Harrison Bryant, who was my breakout last week, did absolutely nothing. Um, so let's swiftly uh, move on past that. But, uh, yeah, we were both wrong with that call. Do you realize um, that uh, T- Taylor Henneke on his bench outscored Josh Allen last week? So he really? Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. I did not know that. Um. So, second matchup of the week, we had Shark It Up to Bad Luck, our Mr. Uh, our sick co-host over here, our sick host over here, and then uh, School Squad, um, Trevor. We both picked Matthew to win, and gosh darn it, that's what Matthew did. He put up a 150 to Trevor's 100, and uh, yeah, talk about, uh, talk about some good foresight, bro. Derek Henry dropped 36 points. That, uh, that helped. Monster game from Tyreek. I mean, yeah, your roster killed it last week. We didn't really talk about Henry in the flops or bops or anything like that, and we're not going to talk about him the rest of the show, but that's actually six ga- six straight games against the Texans where he's put up 200 rushing yards, um, which is an NFL record for most consecutive games against a single team with over 200 rushing yards. So 
Um, just a pretty fun fact that I heard. It's like Derrick Henry, every time he sees the Texans coming up on the schedule, he's like that meme of the guy with the yellow jacket behind the behind the like tree where he's like, you know, <laughs> snowballing. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Derrick Henry. Every time he sniffs out of the Texans, he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. It's going to be a big game. I mean, he had a rough uh, first two weeks, but dude, since then he's put up 25, 23, 27, 17, 35. He does this every single year. It's like, yeah. you just got to get war- those big legs warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. He's a beast. Um, third match of the week, we have uh, Team Seed and Power against Blown Out Street Meat. Um, Team Seed and Power put up about 180, and Blown Out Street Meat put up about 140. Um, Fortunately for both of us, we both choose uh, Team State and Power. Um, he had some monster performances, dude. He had uh, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle. He had a good game from the Eagles defense. Dalvin Cook did really well. Lamar gave him over 20. Um, and, yeah, he – I feel bad for Dan, bro. You put up 140 and you still lose. Like, that's, that's, a, that's, that's tough. The craziest thing about that to me is that um, you said, oh, Seed and Power put up 180 points almost. Must have been because Jonathan Taylor crushed it. But Jonathan Taylor was the worst player that he started this week, um, which is just bizarre. Jonathan Taylor got less points in the Eagle defense. That's that's nuts. Um, Then our fourth matchup of the week. Give me one sec here. We had uh, newly named Russell Does High Knees go up against uh, start from the bottom, Mr. Topodomo himself. Unfortunately, both chose uh, Andy's Russell does high knees, and we both were wrong. Topo Domo squeezed the victory out 133 to uh, Andy's 130.5, and, a half. and uh, Topo Domo can thank um, DJ Moore for that pretty much with that last second catch. Um, so. If only McCaffrey had just thrown a 50-yard touchdown instead of a 30. Like, what a selfish little guy. Yeah, I expect better performance as McCaffrey moving forward. Um, he obviously already has a better spiral than Jimmy G, so just, just leave him back there, dude. Uh, and then our fifth match of the week was uh, Team Joni won against Table Humping Trash. Um, not sure if you were had something that got stuck in your water last week and you chose Angie because you're trying to be nice or whatever, but uh, Angie let us down again. Um, but she did put up 126 this week, and it came real close. Um, but, uh, yeah, Team Joni pulled away with 133. Had a couple of pretty good performances. Joey Myers did well. Um, obviously, Jalen Hearns continued to ball out. Um, Melvin Gordon was decent. Dawson Schultz, but this was sorry, Angie. She almost had him. This was her best week of the season. Her previous record for most points was 96, so she beat her previous record by 30 points. So if there's any week – that I was going to come out here and predict a solid victory for her. It would be this week. Um, and this is team Goni one's uh, second highest week that he has put up um, his previous house, 135 points. So like I was pretty Bro, wasting formula. Wasting that Tony Pollard performance sucks. That was a killer Tony Pollard performance. Um, and, and then our last two. She had Foreman and Pollard. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a tough old take. There's always a next week, Angie. There's always next week. Um, our last matchup was Love Boat Incident versus uh, Saquon These Nuts. And uh, I picked Saquon These Nuts. Matthew picked the Love Boat Incident, and he got whooped. Um, 
Yeah, Saquon put up about 140. Love Pope put about 72. And, uh, yeah, not a very close game. Uh, he had two Jets on his team that kind of ruined it for him with James Robinson and Elijah Moore who put up 1.7 points. And, uh, you know, we're not going to win with that production. One, no, Robinson, three and a half points. Uh, Taekwon Thornton, 2.3. So you can't really dig yourself out of that hole. Trevor Lawrence was awful. That was a really, really bad prediction on my part. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah, you've been you've been doing that a lot this year with the, uh, the bad predictions. But I think that the Browns defense on his bench scored more than four of his players combined. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five. More than five of his players combined. So that's a rough life out there. Well, speaking of the number five, uh, I almost have a five-game lead. It's not five, unfortunately. It's four. But, uh, yeah, Matthew went two and four this week. I went four and two. So, for a total, I am 31 and 17. Man, I'm good at this shit. And you are 27 and 21. I currently have a four-game lead on you. And I am feeling good, ready to coast the rest of the year, not worried. I think I'm just going to go contrary to you in every single matchup this week because it's the only way I'm going to make up ground. Yeah, I mean, the odds are not with you, bro. I have a pretty good chance of being right with my stats so far this year. What's that, 31 out of 48? So, I don't know. I'm not going to do math live. That's somewhere like 66% or something, right? It's pretty good. Two-thirds. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this week, dude. First matchup, we got Chris Rock's jaw, me, against Russell Does High Knees. Um, all I got to say is I'm coming for that trophy dog. Irv Smith's out. Actually, he dropped him anyways <laughs> on waivers. Um, McCaffrey's on the bench because of the bye. I think he's going to have a really tough time starting a viable full roster. Um, I'm not sure if you have his roster pulled up right now. Yeah, but he needs to start. Yeah, he needs to start a running back. And I don't know. Tell me who – tell me what running back you would start in his roster. <laughs> I think he's starting the best one, um, Kyron Williams. But he's supposed to be activated off the IR this week. Um, and the fact that they didn't trade for a running back could mean that they have faith in, in Kyron Williams coming back. No, Cam Akers, baby. Cam Akers. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I got this. I'm curious to see what Hawkinson's role looks like first week. Um, loving the production I'm getting on a D-hop right now. And, uh, yeah, I got myself going 5-4 after this week. What you got, Matt? Well, because I just told you I'm going to go contrary to you in every single <laughs> week, um, I'm going to have to start after this one because there's no way That's I can I cannot pick you to win this week. Um, yeah, I mean, except for the fact that you're starting, uh, you know, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't really have many options, so I don't blame you, but uh, don't love that for you. I mean, this is just... It, it this shouldn't be a close matchup, even though it's projected to be right now. I think you're gonna need to take it. Yeah, agreed. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a good friend this week, Matt. Um, second matchup, we got Satan Power versus the Love Boat Incident. Um, I've talked about it like the last two weeks how loaded Satan Power's roster is. Um, so yes, give me Satan Power. Uh, the talent gap between the two right now is pretty large. For example, the Love Boat Incident's got like. You know, Taekwon Thornton and Elijah Moore in his flex. While Seton Power has Rasheem Moser, Jalen Waddell. And then he's got, you know, A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor on that team, Dalvin Cook, Lamar. It's just too much. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to see if you start picking the opposite picks for this matchup. Well, 
I'm I'm not I'm not going to go opposite with this one either because this is the thing. He he I guarantee you he's not even going to pick up a tight end this week. He's going to go tight end less and he's still going to win this week, I bet. Right now he has George Kittle on by and he has um his other backup tight end Ross Dwelly on by. He has no tight ends rostered. Daniel Bellinger is his only other tight end who is on by. And he projected to still win by 40 points. Um, I'm, I almost guarantee you he doesn't pick anybody up and he just runs with it. And I think he's still going to take it. Yep. Agreed. Um, third match of the week. Um, Mr. Trucker of the Bad Luck against Team Joni One. Um, I don't really want to say this because you're listening right now. So please tune your there. ears out, Matthew. But I think Matthew's got a great roster. He's got Eckler Henry. He's got an elite squad. Give me Matt. Once again, I'd like to make a note that I have Team Joni One's first round pick. But uh, yeah, I got Matthew winning. His roster stinks, but I think, you know, it just gets lucky. Yeah. Um, I didn't trade a bunch of future assets away just to vote for Team Goni One in the matchup. So I'm, uh, I'm going for myself on this one. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, dude. The uh, the more he loses, the better that pick looks for me. So, all the all the power to you. Um, fourth match of the week, we have schooled school versus uh, started from the bottom. Um, two weeks in a row with a loss for the commish. Um, I'm not sure if it's the the curse of coming on a podcast or something, but uh, yeah, you know we really need to get the commissioner back on here if you. If it's three weeks in a row, but do I see it going three weeks? I do not. Uh, he's had some rather unfortunate luck. He went up against a, you know, a fantastic squad last week. I forget who it was. Oh, Chris Rockstraw. Um, yeah, he's got a healthy Swift coming back. Kelsey's off a bye. Keenan Allen's off a bye. He's off injury. Hopefully he looks good. Um, he's projected for about 150. So, yeah, give me Darius. Yeah, so – this is going to be the first time that I'll go contrary to you because Darius is on a two game losing streak. I got to see him keep going downhill on this one. Wow. This is what I'm thinking. Michael Carter is going up against Buffalo's defense. They've been, they've been lights out. Keenan Allen. I doubt he plays. Um, And Mark Andrews, who even knows what's going on with him right now. And then you start to get down to his, 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 you know, Van Jefferson starting. Um, first game back from IR this season. He doesn't really have a lot of other options other than Daryl Henderson on the bench. And, uh, you know, we already talked about him, Deion Jackson and Baxton Barrios. So I, I just don't think that – I don't think a lot is going to have to go wrong this week for Darius to be playing right in uh, Terrell's hands. Justin Jefferson's got a prime matchup. And – if you look at every single person that uh, Terrell has to start, they're actually all in prime matchups. DJ Moore is like a god with uh, Tyler Taylor. Who is it? PJ Walker throwing in the ball. Um, Smith Suster, the last two games has been on fire with Mahomes, um, starting to create that connection. Put up more than twenty points in both of those games, and uh, you know, so we got Moore, Schuster, Jefferson, and Lockett, who's looked great too, um, with Geno Smith in a great matchup. I honestly think that his wide receivers are going to overpower the advantage. And then Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, has a fantastic matchup against Detroit, who can't keep anyone, uh, can't keep anybody down. So I'm predicting uh, a lot of Aaron Jones touchdown passes to Aaron Jones. 
uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones. It'll help me out, and it's going to help out Team Topodomo. So let's go. Darius, three losses in a row. How's that going to feel? Yeah, that's a uh, that's what you call a desperate pick, ladies and gentlemen, a desperate pick. Uh, moving on to our fifth matchup, we got Skull Squad versus Table Humping Trash. Dude, I'll never get sick of saying Table Humping Trash. It can be four years in the dynasty, and I'm still going to giggle like a six-year-old every time I say it. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think there'll be a lot of giggling for Angie this week because I have her going 0-8, the tough loss to Trevor's team. Um, yeah, two of her best players in Tony Pollard and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I never thought I would say in the same sentence as best players, uh, are on by. So I don't know where she's going to get her points from. Uh, I think Trevor and Trevor's got Ramondre now. So give me Trevor's school squad. Yeah, she's not starting anyone in the flex spot. I think she's going to end up starting someone there to give her an extra four projected points. It's just not a, not a good look. I got to go Trevor on this one. All right. And that brings us to our last match of the week. We have a uh, blown out street meet against Saquon these nuts. Um, this is our projected closest match of the week. We got Dan coming in at four or four. Um, Saquon, these nuts coming at seven to one. Um, I think this matchup really comes down to the health of King Cobb's roster. Um, James Connor, Cooper Cup status is, is up in the air coming this week. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say both players play. And Saquon, these nuts moves to eight and one. So, Matthew, tell us why you think Blown Out Street Meet's going to win um, so you can try and catch up. Yeah. So, I actually think he's going to win because I need Saquon D's nuts to drop down the power rankings so I can overtake him <laughs> in the standings. Um, so because I believe and I have faith. Um, also, like I talked about Camara and my bops of the week. I think that he's going to have a great game. Uh, Pittman was seeing pretty good target share with new quarterback. Goder has been looking great. Um, so I, I'm liking a lot of the options on that side of the ball. And I don't think a lot has to go right for him to win. Whereas um, in order for, you know, King Cobb to actually be successful this week, a lot has to go right for him, um, especially on the back end of his the roster that he's starting and putting out there. So that being said, we're going to go a little contrary here. And uh, Dan, please, for the love of God, don't let me down like you have every other time. No, I actually, um, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a close matchup. I, I really do. Um uh, I got Saquon coming out on top. All right, let's move on to our, uh, our MVP section of the week. I will start us off. I got the uh, bench MVP with Mr. Garrett Wilson, a.k.a. I can't believe I traded Cam Akers for him, a.k.a. I want to hit myself in the head with a hammer for that, a.k.a. I need to stop playing down. No, moving on. Um, anyways, Andy, I started him this week. He'd be 4-4 four and four going to this matchup with me. But unfortunately, he started Irv Smith, parentheses who is off his roster now um over him and it cost him this week wilson had a hell of a game um he had seven targets ended up with six receptions for 115 yards against our patriots and uh yeah real real happy i traded him um for that running back for the for the rams um, but moving on to my mvp we've talked about him a couple times so far mr dj moore I would love to see more of this production from more. Get out of here. Get off the podcast. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, he was fantastic this week. 
uh, managed a little helmet incident. Um, oh, you mean when he, when he cost his team the, the game? You know what? He cost his team the game, but it was a better long term for his franchise. I said it. He's with the boys. He went for a, a buck 52, six receptions, a touchdown for a total of 27 and a half points. Um, yeah, dude, a hell of a hell of a performance. And it was also super important for Topo Doma to get that. Um, I mean, especially too, dude, you just trade for him. Like, you want to talk about a, a win for both of you guys. You got a hell of a game from Henry. Um, you now he threw more and had a great game. And, you know, most importantly, he helped him beat Andy's team by about two points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, without that last second DJ Moore grab, he loses. Um, four and four is a lot prettier trying to go into the playoffs or trying to make a push than three and five is. And, you know, you're, you're a lot more desperate at that point. Yeah. No, I think that that catch was also insane. Like, how is he open yeah. on that play? And that was just crazy. I saw even Patrick Mahomes retweeted video of that play. It was like catch of the year. Or sorry, he said throw of the year, and it's not even close. Yeah, it was a bomb. Well, my bench MVP and MVP selections are actually from the same matchup, just like yours were, but it's actually a different matchup. Um, ended up being much closer. We talked a little bit about it, but that was um, Angie's table humping trash against team Goni one, the matchup ended up being decided by about seven points, maybe a little less. So we'll talk about the bench MVP here for the losers team, which is table humping trash. And that bench MVP was Matty Hollins wide receiver for the Raiders. He put up 13.4 points. Um, this is really interesting. This was a game that was decided by less than seven points in their matchup. The decision to leave Maddie on the bench and started the likes of Josh Reynolds over him ended up costing Angie her first victory of the season and a $10 rebate. Now, in the actual the actual football game, um, Derek Carr only threw for 101 passing yards. Absolutely bizarre stat, 101 yards. And Maddie actually caught seven of eight passes for 64 yards. That means he made up 64% of his team's passing yards on the week. So while he only put up 13 points, it was actually a pretty good performance in the grand scheme of the game. And um, to be happy to get that many points from him, I like if it was me and it was my roster, I would have started Matt Hollins over um, over Reynolds there. And uh, I would have won that that game. But, um, you know, to each their own. And that's why we have a bench MVP section. So Matty Hollins, everybody. Um, my actual MVP on the other side here, owned by Team Goni One, is Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles. Nothing can stop the Eagles right now, man. It seems like it's absolutely unstoppable, and their matchup is going to be cake the next three weeks. Um, in the before-mentioned matchup against Angie, it was a game decided again by only seven points. Hurts showed up and once again showed why he deserves to be valued as a top-five quarterback. He had four yeah. passing touchdowns this week. And that was all he needed to do to get the job done. And uh, he actually had a season uh, season low of two carries for just 10 yards. But he still threw for 285 yards, bringing in 28.4 points. Hertz was a QB2 on the week and is the QB2 on the year in a points-per-game basis. He helped lead Team Goni 1 to the victory with his outstanding performance. Yeah, hell of a grab by uh, Team Joni One in this league, grabbing Hurts where he did. Um, I don't know about you, but I was – I wouldn't say I was down on Hurts moving this the year, but, like, I'm not 
excited about drafting as my QB and there's not a whole lot of QBs in the NFL right now. I'd, I'd rather have a dice QB go over Jalen Hurts. So. Yeah, I actually actually was pretty high on him. He was one of my go-tos in every draft. Um, Goni one drafted him like a round earlier than I was willing to take him. Um, and honestly, obviously it's paying off, but at the time I was yeah. trying to, I was hoping to take advantage of average draft position and get him a little bit later on, especially in a one quarterback league. Um, but no, I have him in like the majority of my redraft leagues. Um, just been absolutely a great snag this year. Yeah, great. Want to talk about power rankings? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so for week nine power rankings, I'll go over this real quick here. Um, We only had a few movements, so I'll put the image up on the screen. But um, if you've been following along every week, you're listening to the podcast uh, verbally. We'll just run rush through kind of um, the names that didn't really move a lot. But uh, here's what we're looking at right now. Uh, We'll start at the bottom. Table humping trash still coming in at number 12 in the power rankings. Number 11, Trevor's skull squad still hanging out there. And number 10. Team Goni won at number 10, uh, same as last week. That was a really loud audio clip to play. Thank you. <laughs> I was, I was, all right. So what I was doing was I was hopping on ESPN to see who the Patriots were playing this week. And my app decided to play the Bruins. So my apologies for interrupting Matthew. Well, that's okay. I'll forgive you this one time. Um, so we got Team Goni one coming in at number 10. Um, and then this is where things started to change up a little bit. So, Actually, number nine is still team uh, started from the bottom, um, which is Terrell's team. And then this is actually where it starts to change up. So we got number eight this week. Russell does high knees. That's a, a actually negative movement there down one spot from last week. And then coming in at number seven, this is a big swing. We got the love boat incident. Mike taking a three, uh, three spot drop this week. Coming in down now at number seven. Um, then we got number six, Chris Rock's jaw climbing up from number eight to number six. Nice job moving up, man. Um, hey, Matt, um, if the playoffs were to start today in our league, is it top six? Um, we actually have no? the bracket available to click on if you're in Sleeper app. And um, if I click on it right now, it does say that it is top six and you would be facing seed and power in round one. So nice. Very nice. All right, cool. So top six is playoff sweep. Yep. Um, so you are currently ranked number six. Nice job there. Uh, number five, staying the same as last week, blown out street meat, no movement in that regards. Um, number four, I've moved up to number four from number six. I was at number four for a while and I dropped down to number six. Now I'm back to number four. Happy to be back in the top five for sure. Uh, number three hasn't changed. That's team seed and power, but number two and number one, we've been waiting for this day, guys. With back-to-back losses, Darius has finally lost his spot atop the power rankings and has dropped to number two with Saquon D's nuts taking over the number one spot now so Darius this message is for you I'm coming for you next you thought I was going to say something encouraging like this is your spot to take back or something like that but no I'm coming for you number four the jugular dude oh yeah number four let's just say hopefully you'll be there next week it's funny I remember looking at the PR score last week at the week prior and uh (laughs) it was pretty much just like 
sickle on these nuts. Um, and um, the Kanish, you know, top two way at the top giant gap for everyone. So now, dude, at the top four, and then it drops off to the rest of us. But it's not a it's not a huge leap until you get down to um, the twelfth place team that we won't name. Um, but I like that. We get slowly. I feel like it's kind of a little bit coming uh, together a little bit. So yeah. But uh, well, guys, that's a uh, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Uh, please be sure to like, comment on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, you know, if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, um, please give us a rating, a review. Uh, anything helps, guys. Um, and please follow us on TikTok and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest content, just to interact with us. Um, we're working on the, the OnlyFans still. We're working through some funding and how that works, like 401k um, taxes and all that. So we'll get back to you guys on that. Um, we might have to start a GoFundMe, but hey. We'll, we'll leave that for the future. Um, last question of the week, Pat. Not Pat. Matt, speaking of Pat, um, what's your Pat prediction of the week, Matt? Listen, bro. It's uh, it's against the Colts. They got a lot of things to figure out. They look like trash. I think we're going to take it this week. I said that against the last week and uh, was so, uh, terribly wrong. Um, but we don't talk about that. Um, we're going to just assume that was a blip because of Monday Night Football. And uh, we're going to be back to, uh, you know, Colts are playing in New England this week. It's going to be coming to our territory. You know how we perform in Foxborough against the Colts. So we're taking it, baby. What do you got? Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, Colts stink. Belichick's notorious for, notorious for being fantastic against rookie quarterbacks. I think Ellinger is going to get absolutely schwacked. We got a pretty good run defense. Um, yeah, I think we moved to, what would that be, five and four in the year? It would be, winning record. So I think uh, my prediction, Patriots, Chris Rock's jaw, both leave next week with a 5-4 record. You heard it here, folks. Spicy takes. Let's go. And uh, after that, we're going to sign out. Thank you, guys. Have a good week, guys.